Hello, word nerds. Oh, wait, I have to sing the song. I, I thought of this earlier. It's time for the dictionary. It's the podcast where Spencer sings all the words. All right, that is not the song that I had in my head, which I think was much, much better, but it'll do, pig. Uh, so, at the time of recording, it is, what is it, it is March 6th today, uh, last night I recorded an episode, um, I was a guest on a podcast called the Water Cooler Talk Podcast, um, and by the time you are hearing this, it will have aired, um, and me and, I think his name is Adam, oh boy, now I feel terrible. I'm pretty sure his name is Adam. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, we had a really, really fun and interesting conversation. So I, I definitely urge you all to go listen. We talked about language and what is offensive and artificial intelligence and the police and so many other things. Uh, we went off, off on lots and lots of tangents. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. I will uh, put uh, the their website in the show notes if you want to go. Oh, and supposedly I'm going to get a cartoon made of my face, which is really, really cool. So I'm looking forward to that. So let's talk about the words. In today's episode, we have the first word. It is celiac. C-E-L-I-A-C. We are at the top of page 199. You could also spell it C-O-E-L-I-A-C. This is an adjective from 1662 of or relating to the abdominal cavity. So anything that is dealing with your your the cavity where your intestines is and your stomachs and your livers and your pancreases, that is celiac. So this is from the Greek uh, koiliakos, from koilia, which means cavity, from koilos, which means hollow, and there's more at the word cave. Next, we have celiac disease, two words I'm assuming this is related. Uh, This is a noun from 1911, a chronic hereditary intestinal disorder in which an inability to absorb the gliadin portion of gluten results in the gliadin triggering an immune response that damages the intestinal mucosa, called also celiac sprue, S-P-R-U-E. I was not aware of this until relatively recently when, you know, a lot of people were going gluten-free, and they say, well, you know, technically none of us really need to be gluten-free. Maybe it's a little bit harder to digest, but the people who really do need to be gluten-free are people with celiac disease, Uh, and I do know a couple of people, um, and it sounds pretty terrible. Uh, So, uh, you know... It's really, really awesome that we are getting a lot more gluten-free foods out there, um, especially for people like this or for people who just choose to be gluten-free. Um, and yeah, the the word celiac, in this case, it's very specifically related to the intestines because that is the thing that is getting messed up uh, in, in people who have this because they can't uh, digest it correctly. Next, we have... Oh, this is this is going to be interesting. Maybe uh, parents can have some fun conversations with their kids about this one uh, the, and the next one. It is the word celibacy, C-E-L-I-B-A-C-Y. It is a noun from 1646. One, the state of not being married. Okay, that's uh, a definition uh, for this word that I have not heard. Um, but then we have 2A, abstention from sexual intercourse, and 2B, Abstention by vow from marriage. 
the 2A one is the one that most people, I think, use when they're talking about celibacy, but obviously there's more. Uh, yes, and then we have the word celibate. It is a noun from 1680, a person who lives in celibacy. So they could be not married, they could be abstaining from sexual intercourse, or uh, abstention by vow from marriage. I guess that's abstention of sexual intercourse by vow of marriage. Um, so we, even the, is that saying that even though you're married, you still abstain from sexual intercourse? I mean, that's obviously totally fine. Uh, I was just trying to make sure that I'm understanding what that definition is correctly in my head. Um, and then celibate is an adjective, and this is from the Latin uh, prefix caelib or caelebs, which means unmarried. So th- the word originally came from just the idea of not being married. It really had nothing to do with sex. Um, so I'm guessing at some point uh, people said, hey, you know, this could be a very religious thing, but they probably were like, hey, you're not married. That means you can't have sex, which in my opinion, is absolutely ridiculous. People should be able to do that however they want, um, as long as it's not hurting anyone. So, but, you know, but be careful and be smart and be safe. Uh, so, yeah, hey, parents, go have a fun conversation about that with your kids. Okay, and we are already on our last word. It is cell, C-E-L-L. Um, man, I feel like I had a thought that I was going to say, and I can't remember what it was, but maybe I'll think of it later. So, cell is going to take up a big chunk of this. There's a bunch of definitions, and there are two pictures with 15 parts that we have to name. Yes, we are required by law to do this. So, cell. Uh, There's a really crazy movie called Cell that I saw in the theater, and I kind of want to see it again because it was very interesting. Um, So, this is a noun from the 12th century. Number one. A small religious house dependent on a monastery or convent. Number 2A, a one-room dwelling occupied by a solitary person as a hermit. 2B, a single room as in a convent or prison, usually for one person. I hope I never have to be in one of the cells in a prison. I don't know why I would, but I hope I don't. Uh, Number 3, A small compartment, cavity, or bounded space as 3A, one of the compartments of a honeycomb. 3B, a membranous area bounded by veins in the wing of an insect. 4. A small... Oh boy, this is a really long definition for number 4. I did not realize that. Okay, here we go. A small, usually microscopic mass of protoplasm bounded externally by a semi-permeal membrane, usually including one or more nuclei and various other organelles with their products, capable alone or interacting with other cells of performing all the fundamental functions of life and forming the smallest structural unit of living matter capable of functioning independently. Uh, Whew, yeah. That was fun. So, yeah, just to tag on to that last part, it is the smallest unit of living matter capable of functioning independently. Um, You know, it is made of smaller things like atoms and molecules and other things, but, you know, those those can't really live independently. They're not, you know, part of the body. Um, You know, they're... Are, Are atoms alive? 
that it will be the question for the day. Huh. Let's think about... No, we, we don't need to think about that one right now. But um, I guess this is probably a good place to talk about the pictures that we have because those are pictures of cells. We have the A cell and the B cell. Um, I, you know, I think those letters are just kind of random. They're not very specific types of cells. So let's see. Um, oh, actually they are. They, well... I don't think the A and the B mean anything. That was my point. But the A cell is a plant cell, and the B cell is an animal cell. So, uh, let's see. Number one is the cell wall. Um, I don't even know how I'm going to describe any of this. Let's see. The plant cell looks more rectangular, like it has almost uh, corners on the at the at the, where the corners would be. Um, but the B cell is much more uh, wishy-washy. It's got curved edges. There's no like fine points to anything. Um, and so the cell wall is just the you know the outside of it. Um, let's see. Number two is the middle lamella, and so that is the part that is just that's only. Oh, I see. I thought that the cell wall was on both of them, but it looks like the cell wall is only on the plant cell. Same with number two, the middle lamella. It's only on the plant cell, and it's just the little area right below the the plant cell, right right towards the inside. Um, I guess you could think of if this was your skin, it would be you know the epidermis and then the dermis. Those are different layers of the skin. That's sort of how I'm imagining this. Number three is the plasma membrane. And uh, this is on both the animal cell and the plant cell. Um, and so on the plant cell, it's the next layer just inside. And then on the uh, the, the animal cell, it is the most out- outermost layer. That is the plasma membrane. Number four, mitochondrion or mitochondrion. So this is in both cells. In, uh, they look pretty similar. They're sort of oval-shaped, and uh, on the inside, they have some sort of weird bumpy pieces. You know, this is the highly scientific, the way that I'm describing this. Um, and um, in the plant cell, they look a little smaller than in the animal cell, but that just could be, you know, the, the scale of zoom that we're on. Who knows? But they look pretty similar in both. That is the mitochondrion. Number five is the vacuole, V-A-C-U-O-L-E. Oh, vacuole, how great you are. So these sort of look like empty spaces. I'm sure they're not, but they kind of look like that. They're, they're, um, um, they've got like a black edge and then just white in the middle. So in the plant cell, it's uh, very large. There's a couple of them. They take up maybe a quarter of the whole area. Um, and they, um, they have a sort of weird shape. You know, it's not consistent. Um, but then in the animal cell... They are smaller, there's a few more of them, and they, they're pretty much shaped like circles. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's the most common, but, you know, it's probably fairly common. Number six is in both of them. It is the Golgi apparatus. Golgi is capital G-O-L-G-I. That's probably named after somebody. The Golgi apparatus. Um, let's see. So these actually look very similar in both of them. They're uh, three or four almost lines. They, they, they basically look like worms. Um, they've, in this picture, they have a black edge and just a white center. Um, I'm sure that's not how they look in the real world. Um, but, you know, there's three or four of them sort of next to each other in uh, both cases. 
Then we have number seven. It is the cytoplasm. This is in both of them. Uh, this is basically just the the stuff that's in the middle of everything else. It's it's in in between. Uh, you know, it goes up to the cell wall or the plasma membrane, and then wherever there's not all these other things, the the cytoplasm is what's taken up the space. Number eight is the nuclear membrane. This is in both of them. Um, let's see, it's pointing to, um, a place that's, I don't know, it's sort of hard to describe. Um, let's see, it, it's, uh, it sort of goes around in like a circle, but then uh, there's like a weird like tree-shaped thing that, that comes off of it. Um, and in each of these, there's two or three of them in the cells. I don't know. It's a nuclear membrane. Number nine is the nucleolus. Nucleolus, this is in both of them. Um, so this is inside of the nuclear membrane um, because the nuclear membrane, there's two or three of them and they sort of have this arc shape and those arcs sort of go together to create a circle. And so what's inside of that is the nucleolus. Um, or it is actually, you know, it's like a, a nucleus of an atom. It's this sort of the place in the middle that has a bunch of little things on it. It looks sort of like a bunch of little maybe atoms or molecules in a bundle. Uh, yeah. And next we have number 10 is the nucleus. So I was wrong about that. Um, so the nucleolus is, okay, let's backtrack a little bit. Number eight is the nuclear membrane. Those are the things that sort of create a circle. Um, then the this a lot of the stuff that's inside of that circle is number 10, the nucleus. But then within that, there is one smaller piece, which is the number nine, that is the nucleolus. This is fun. Eleven is the chromatin. This is in both cells. Um, these are other little pieces within the nucleus uh, that are just sort of darker, and there's a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, number twelve is the endoplasmic reticulum with associated ribosomes. This is in both cells. Ah, so these are the parts that I said earlier were sort of like tree-shaped. Um, these are the these are the things that sort of come off of the nucleus. Uh, in the in the plant cell, there's two of them, and in the animal cell, there's three of them. In this case, at least, number thirteen is the chloroplast. This is only in the plant cell because they perform. They've got chlorophyll. Uh, they do that thing that I can't think of the word right now, but we'll come up to it in the CHs, whatever, you know, um, chloroplasts. These look like, um, they look like, uh, dark, um, almonds. They're sort of almond shaped ovals. Um, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 in this example of the plant cell. And they are within all of the, uh, the cytoplasm. Number 14, centriole. This is only in the animal cell. Uh, it's a white circle, and it has um, a bunch of little circles around it. There's one, two, three. I think there's only three in this example. Um, and they're about the same size as the vacuoles, which are slightly larger circles, but they don't have the little circles on the outside. And then lastly, number 15, the lysosome. This is in both cells. So these, they sort of look like a nucleus. They're, it's a circle with a bunch of little circles inside. And, uh, you know, there's at least a couple of them, two or three of them in, uh, in each of the cells. Super fascinating stuff. 
Oh, we are already at a long episode. So let us finish up the rest of these definitions for cell. Uh, 5A1, a receptacle containing electrodes and an electrolyte either for generating electricity by chemical action or for use in electrolysis. 5A2, the synonym is fuel cell. 5B, a single unit in a device for converting radiant energy into electrical energy or for varying the intensity of an electrical current in accordance with radiation. 6. A unit in a statistical array as a spreadsheet formed by the intersection of a column and a row. Ah yes, I deal with Excel fairly often and it's made up of a bunch of cells. 7. A basic and usually small unit of an organization or movement as in terrorist cells. 8. A portion of the atmosphere that behaves as a unit, as in a storm cell. 9a. Any of the small sections of a geographic area of a cellular telephone system. And lastly, 9b, the synonym cell phone. So today we had celiac, celiac disease, celibacy, celibate, and cell. Well, I think I have to pick the word cell as the word of the episode because... This is what we are made of. Uh, they, they live and they die and they duplicate themselves and this is it's what all living things are made of. But I still want to know, is an atom alive? All right, well, uh, I guess I have to sing a song about cells. Cells, they make up your body and they're so great. All right, maybe someday we'll actually make some good songs. Okay, so real quick, let's talk about the holidays. I have not looked at these yet. April 3rd, it is the seventh day of Passover. I think we will maybe only celebrate one day. It is Easter Saturday in Australia, Norway, and Singapore. I'm guessing tomorrow must be Easter, right? It is also Holy It is holy Saturday, similar, in uh, Nigeria and Poland, and... Let's see, what else have we got? Anything else? Hmm, I don't think there is anything else other than our fun holiday, which is World Party Day. I mean, you know, that's, you, you can't really get much better than that. Just go have a big party all over the world. Well, I'm gonna end this there. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.